Your mental health is your dopest self But you don't have to tend to it by yourself Get a tribe, get inspired, then you'll get ahead Get someone to talk to, don't keep it bottled in You're beautifully human, you should remember this So it's okay for you to feel emotions At times we all need to clear our heads And when you do, just holler at Therapy by May So excited to welcome everybody, welcome everybody to another episode of Let's Discuss with Meg Duke. This week, I have the one and only Mono Agapian on my show. I am, again, I am without words, writer, comedian, <gasps> podcaster, drag her, we love trash, podcast killed the video star. These are all things that I actually listen to myself. Please, please welcome Mono Agapian. Hello. Hi. Oh my God. Hey, hey, hey. What's up? How are you doing? Oh. Thank you so much for listening to the one and only RuPaul's Drag Race Recap podcast. That means a lot only. to me, Meg. I yeah. really appreciate that. The one and only. I spend every every Monday with you. <laughs> I love that. That's honestly my favorite part of podcasts. On genuinely yeah. is just like being a part of someone's like I don't know, you know, rituals. I think that's really yeah. fun and intimate. Yeah, I know. And that's what's so fun for me is like, I, so I, I always start my podcast by saying like, how do we know each other? And when I slide into someone's DMs, I'm always the one who answers the question. So you don't have to feel like, well, you were a creeper and you made me come on your podcast, but it's like, yes, I sent into your DMs because I was listening to an episode with Joseph a few weeks ago. And you had said specifically like, you know, you put things out in the universe and what you want, you shall receive. And I was like, you know what? I've been thinking about it for a couple of weeks and I'm just going to ask. And he's probably not going to answer because he probably gets a ton of people asking for things. And you were like, yes, that's great. When can we do it? <laughs> yeah. You know, I thought it's, an, I think you're possibly interesting, very interesting and very necessary. And I've just always been um, someone who wants to talk more about what we're feeling and thinking. And I'm, whether it's, I think it's a strength and a weakness, but I can't, I can't keep nothing in. Yeah. I got to talk about it. Whatever's yes. going on, it's going to come out. Yes. I'm the same way. I cannot suffer in silence. If I, if I yeah. see something, if I feel an injustice, I have to be like, so here are my thoughts on that. And here are my yeah. three examples, uh, suggestions of ways that we can fix that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. Yes. So that is how I was introduced to you was by the one and only drag race podcast in the universe. It's a dream. It's a dream to have a monopoly. I mean, look, I know monopolies are evil, but I, I, (laughs) I feels good. Not in this case. Absolutely. Um, Yes. And so of course I will try to not make this entire conversation about RuPaul's drag race. Uh, No, we have other things to talk about. We'll try. We'll try. Okay. But whatever you take me, I'll, I'll go. Yeah, absolutely. But I was curious just before we like kind of get into the deeper stuff, like how did you decide that like hosting, writing, acting, obviously getting into podcasting, like yeah. how did you get to that space? You know, it's interesting and it's something I've talked about, you know, we're going to talk about and I'm just going to get right into it. Yeah. The line between trauma and comedy for me is mm. this razor thin. Mm. And so I'm, tr- I'm constantly trying to unpack it because like, I love expressing, I love laughing at pain. I do, and I think it's healthy, but I also think I gotta confront some of the stuff I love to laugh at. So I think like I literally came to comedy through trauma, frankly. Family, super dysfunctional. I was queer in North Carolina, brown and Middle Eastern. I was chubby, body image. I mean, it it all was like, how do I deal with this? And so I kind of discovered comedy. Like I discovered comedy through that. So that was a passion, but also at an early age, I was like, I gotta figure out how to make this my world, whether it's writing or acting or hosting. This is this is the direction I'm gonna go in. And you know, I did theater in high school and I was the funny, chubby guy. <laughs> and I was like, okay, this feels good. I'm feeling a lot of validation doing this. And then I just kept going on that journey in college when I, I discovered improv and sketch in college. Mm-hmm. And the like theater was fun. I was like, oh, this is really where I want to be. Like I liked, I, I always gravitated towards like, where's the comedy in, mm-hmm. in the performance. So I really leaned into improv and sketch 
And then that took me into the UCB theater world mm. where, you know, cause I, I had an internship from my college that brought me to LA. Um, so then I was like, okay, I'm in LA. I gotta do improv. I'm gonna perform at the UCB theater. And I just like really made that world my community. Mm-hmm. And that's where I met like, oh my God, so many of my best friends, right. wonderful people, Betsy Sidaro, Nicole yeah. Byer, Drew Tarver, just like wonderful people who are absolutely crushing it in the industry. Um, yeah, and that's, so I feel like that world then, thankfully over years of hard work, started opening some doors of like, okay, I think I can do this professionally. I can start writing, I can start acting and stuff mm-hmm. like that. Amazing. Yeah, you hear that a lot when people talk about like, especially comedy. I think a lot of performance generally comes from a lot of trauma, the desire to express, but the comedy especially. And what I love when I listen to you is that quickness. Like, I love when you're like, you give alts in your, like, like, or this. Like, I actually would love to see you go and do Betsy DeVos on Snatch Game. Because I feel like it could be done well. And it's like that quickness is like, I kind of feel like maybe perhaps I'm not trying to be your therapist, but like that defense mechanism that like yeah. over time. And so you just are constantly able to be like, bam, bam, zinger, zinger, zinger. Because it's like, yeah, yeah, no. And I mean, please, I welcome <laughs> any, I, I am not afraid. I mean, thankfully being on a therapy journey in the past two years, I, I am, I'm, I'm, I'm no longer afraid of any, any feedback in that area, but yeah, that's where it came from. Like literally in middle school, it started, the middle school was a real moment because this is so funny. I was so gay. Um, I, I used to like read people. I used to like read people and like, cause I, obviously I was defending myself, but yeah. also it got to the point where like, people were like, oh my God, say something funny about this person. Oh. So like, I literally was, I think at an early age, like either, you know, reinforced and then trying to hone in on that skill of like, how can you, how can I quickly say something punchy, funny, yeah. mean? <laughs> wow. Yeah. So the library was open for you in middle school. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, I didn't even know. I didn't even know I was keeping the legacy of Paris is burning alive. Yes, I just, exactly. Isn't that oh wild? I have got to stop referencing Drag Race. I'm so sorry. <laughs> no, I think it's a treat. I think you should. I think it's an important, it's an important cultural touchstone. Well, it is. And it's like a simple white girl, straight sis from the Midwest. <laughs> I'm like, please bring this content into my life. Like you don't get to see a lot of that. So I'm so happy that it's just like in everyone's living room now. And just like, so normalized, like just being. being yeah, like, wait, when did you fall for Drag Race? I, I gotta know. Interestingly enough, so I had heard of it years ago, but then I moved from Houston, Texas to Kansas City, literally mm-hmm. on St. Patrick's Day of 2020. So we got here when the Opandy met, like, like, wow, my, literally, like we got here on a Thursday and Monday, Kansas State um, issued shelter in place. So, and we knew nobody <laughs> here. So like, we're pretty good at making friends. And so we're like, oh, we'll go to Kansas. It'll be fun. And then we knew nobody. And so then I had at the time an eight month old and we were afraid to send to school because we didn't, hadn't started him in school. We didn't know anybody. And so I stayed home for four months and I was like, drag race. I don't know if it like popped up on Hulu or something like as a suggestion. I need something. And I was like, I've been wanting to watch this. Mm -hmm. I've got nothing but free time now. So I would like have it on my little iPod, iPad in the corner. And like, it was so funny because my son would like start walking, like dancing to like, um, you know, cover girl. And like, we like, <laughs> put the bass in your walk. And, and yes. now he really, he really, he's two and a half now, but he loves to see that walk. He, yes. like, I know this is way future. This is insane. Like, don't get married <laughs> if he doesn't want to marry whomever you want, but like, if mm-hmm. he gets married and he has any sort of thing, I'm like, can we please dance to see that walk? Like, he's two and a half. Calm down, Meg. <laughs> that's really cute. Oh, but, that's so yeah, great. So that's the origin story. And I literally powered through 10 seasons or whatever season we were on. And then, of course, I got caught up to being able to watch live with like, and then All Stars and everything. And um, I've yeah. seen Canada and UK. And I've just started Holland. I hear Thailand is a hoot, but like, <laughs> I love it. Yeah, the the universe. I mean, puts uh, puts Marvel to shame when you're like, oh my god, there's so many, there's so much drag race, so much, and you have to do it for a living. So it's like I, you like have no choice. 
thank God I still, I still love it. I'm you still do. so obsessed. Yep. Yeah. You know, your passion I, is, your passion is apparent in all thanks. of your Yeah. No. I still me. love so, it. So yeah, so that's that. And then of course I wasn't getting enough content. So then I needed to start listening to content. Isn't that funny? I mean, <laughs> no, it blows my mind too, where I'm like, I can't believe people listen to me talking about the show. <laughs> like yeah. I, I thank God I love it, but it's just so funny. I'm like, wow, we love, we love Drag Race. Yeah. Well, and also too, I, like I said, basic girl from the Midwest, like there's so many things that like or references or points of view that people are saying and that I that sometimes just goes straight over my head and I'm like oh thanks Manu didn't, didn't yeah okay oh yeah. good I yeah. love that yeah and so yeah I love it and then like I said too I love it when you come through and like fix things and you're like oh if they'd have done this it would have been better if they'd have done that <laughs> I wish but you know and that well, that's the beauty part of the show they don't they they want you know it is a tv show and yes. they do they don't want someone to fix it and that's nope. okay nope. that's okay nope. yep we wouldn't we wouldn't have the memorable moments if we didn't have stars with highs and lows truth truth yes and also i should mention that you are uh what, what is the official title like a yes. writer on the show i was now? a cons i guess it's a Consult consultant yes go. producer consultant whatever yes. um yeah it was really great i got to work on season 14 building a relationship with the people who built that show um that was a freaking that's a dream come true and you know I mean, it was a dream come true and and i still don't i don't think i don't i still don't think i've processed that yeah. you know because it's so strange to be like this show like raised me you know, like, like yeah. this and then i got to have some input on the show yeah. i was like that's so weird what a, what a world yeah well and i don't again i will we will try to bring this back to mental health but like i love i like every episode i wait for you to say like Oh yeah, that was based on one of my ideas. Oh yeah, that was based on one of my. And I'm like, yeah, you did. <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, you know, he had the exclude. Well, well, I have to say, with Mulan Rue, I did not have that idea, uh -huh. but it came. It came out. I, I didn't say it's on Drag Race yet, so this is great. You got exclusive. It oh, came you. out of the pitch. I was like, we should do a parody of burlesque. Have you seen burlesque? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And I was like, I think we should do a parody of burlesque. And they were like, burlesque is a little limiting. Uh -huh. What about this? Uh -huh. And I was, and of course, I was like, yeah, great, Mulan Rouge, sure. of course. Yeah. Um, but if I had it my way, uh -huh. burlesque, uh, okay. roulesque. Come on, roulesque. roulesque. It's right there. Amazing. I mean, that would be amazing. But of course, I, you know, sponsored by Mulan Rouge, currently seen in New York City on Broadway. So. Yes. The yeah. There we go. I love that they. I mean, I'm. I literally. I'm never mad when they're like. And guess what? We got some money from Bubbly. <laughs> got some money from this company. Yeah. Make your paper, man. I hey. Yeah. I'm not upset. You. I have sponsors on this show. You have your sponsor. Like absolutely. absolutely. Not mad about it, right? Someone's got a hundred lights on. Yep. Um. Yes. So sorry for those people who have never seen a moment of Drag Race. Obviously, that is your problem, and you need to fix it. But also, <laughs> we will. That's that's just your amuse bouche. You then now you can go explore that if you want. Yeah. But no, I appreciate you, like, even even in the very first question, which is like kind of like a softball, like, how did you get into acting? It's like, but it's not though, because it's like the trauma of it all. And it's like, how do we get yeah. to this space of like, like your thoughts on self-worth and how that all evolves and like your, the images that you see and, and what you take in and you choose to make your personalization versus what you're able to reject. Like, what has that been like for your self-worth journey? it's really ever evolving mm -hmm. and i have to say like it was you know and this is obviously you, you'll you i want to hear your opinion on this because like i i was doing well and i was waiting for these like big breaks in my career to define my self-worth mm -hmm. and it worked for a second you know yeah. where i was like oh wow i got to join the writers guild of america and i got to join sag and whatever I got to, I was like, I've gotten some writing jobs now. And those, that was incredibly validating, but now comes the, the confrontation of like, is, are you going to let yourself worth only be defined by a job you get? And exactly. It, and it turns out that's bad. Yes. <laughs> that's not a good yes. idea. Yes. Oh, I'm trying to now confront the fact that I have, I have achieved some big goals in my life. And I'm very proud of that. Mm -hmm. and I have self-worth that is not tied to that. Yeah. 
And it's so tough. And yeah, it's one of those ever moving targets as well. So like, oh, okay. So I'm in screen actors and I'm in WGA, but then, but then what's next? And there's nothing bad about continuing to set new goals. Like we talk mm-hmm. about goal setting all the time in therapy and it's short-term and long-term and um, how important it is. And it's also, but like, it's good to set goals to keep yourself productive, but not insofar as, and then I will be more worthy. And then, mm-hmm. I, so now I need, and that's where that, and it's so distinct for every person mm-hmm. being able, but it's just that intentionality of it all of like, I know that I'm not, I'm not doing, wanting that because it's going to make other people like me more or. Right. right. It's tough. It's weird, yeah. man. And it's like, so for another, another example I'll give is, I just finished writing a movie for, ah. my, for me. I'm very proud. Yeah, I'm very proud. Huge. But it's huge and I'm very proud of it and it's going to be great. But I immediately was like, how do I get the validation uh-huh. that makes me feel like this, the effort I put into it was worth uh-huh. it? Yeah. And yeah, that's fine that I want that. But I also need to take a second to be like, bitch, you wrote a movie. Like, yes. that's so cool. And I'm proud of it. And I'm create, I feel creatively fulfilled, but I can't help but want to scratch the other itch of like, mm-hmm. but who's going to pay you? Who cares about it? What industry person is going to look at it? And that's, mm-hmm. it's really hard to balance those two for me still. Yeah, well, because it's like, again, that was a goal for you is even just finish the dang script. And mm-hmm. then like, and that is, oh my gosh, literally, I, you didn't even mention anything about like what is going from there. And I'm like, oh my gosh, you wrote a script. But like, yeah, but especially, I mean, I can't only imagine being in LA and like being around the people and the things that you see. It's like, and then, and then, and then, and then, and you're right. I love how you're saying like, how do I just take a moment? <laughs> yeah, it's interesting. Um. Yeah, it's an interesting, uh, being creative is interesting. Um, And like trying to get out of your way and, you know, trying to make sure the goblins in your brain aren't trying to win the day. Yeah. Because sometimes they really want to win. Yeah, they really want to win. I don't know, even when you're talking to friends, like the thing I struggle with, another thing I struggle with is like, someone uh oh, let me see even when someone loves me I'm like yeah you're but you're you're crazy <laughs> you know like, <laughs> yeah. you love me but that means something's wrong with you that's um, exactly right yes and that's what is so that there. I because it's like we just feel like we just don't deserve it and mm-hmm. so even when somebody shows you uh, just the most unconditional love and being so excited to just be in your presence, even though you can't really offer them anything. And mm-hmm. even in those moments, it's still like, well, that's just because you're crazy. And that's, yeah. just, you know? Yeah. It's wild. And, you know, I got to say, um, I'm with the world reopening. I'm also like, we'll see how this, this is going to change from week to week, but just this past weekend, I put myself in a vulnerable place because I felt like, I had more armor or, or like I, I was, I was like, I almost wanted to test out if my new found self-worth journey is working by putting Uh myself in a slightly vulnerable place. Yeah. And it went well, it went great. Yeah. I was really pumped about it. I'll just to give you, just give the listeners also you like context what the hell I'm talking about. I, I went with my friend to a, like a very white gay pretty party you know what Uh I mean just uh like hot uh white gay guys and even though I am engaged and so happy when I go into spaces like that I expose myself to judgment Mm -hmm. or you know it could be perceived judgment um I definitely make myself vulnerable because even when I go to speak with someone I have to confront the fact that they might be like please don't please don't try to fuck me please yeah. don't I'm sorry I'm cussing so much I'm very vulgar this is a very safe space go ahead okay the same thing I tell my clients are like I'm so sorry I'm like fine yeah we'll get a little, we'll get a little e on this episode it's not <laughs> <laughs> but I have to you know it's like even just being like all I'm trying to do is connect with the person but I feel I have to prepare myself to have that person rebuff me as if I'm trying to make a sexual connection uh-huh oh, okay yeah that's a, it's a very vulnerable place to be in where it's like, I just want to be, I'm just trying to connect with you genuinely, but uh-huh. I have to be ready for you to just either be disinterested or keep me at arm's length. Uh-huh. 
like full on rejection. Like, mm-hmm. yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, wow. Yeah, I don't know. But it, then again, that could be all perceived. That could be something I'm perceiving or I've, mm-hmm. I've thought about going into queer spaces because yeah. queer male spaces are very physically driven. Sure. Well, I mean, you hear about that in so many, um, not that there are any other podcasts about drag race, but I do listen to other queer voices <laughs> in other places, right? Yes. And it's a very stereotype. I mean, again, white, straight, cis woman married to a white, straight, cis man. But like, yeah, uh, you just hear about the stereotype and or like, and also too, as we talk about, like, I would never do some of the things people talk about, but I did absolutely as a matron of honor, take somebody to Lips Drag Queen in New York. Like, yeah, you know, that loud bachelorette party that they brought up. On yeah. stage, we didn't touch uh, you, but you know what I'm saying? Like, I, we, think it's I, I love to be in queer spaces and you uh, also hear about that a lot where it is very physically driven, very, very that. And so mm-hmm. like that part gets, I, I, you're right. It is like mind reading, right? Of like, am I perceiving that? Or is it really right. that, that is like a common thinking error of like trying to read the people's minds, but also if you just, listen to some other people you can hear that (laughs) that does happen sometimes yeah it does happen sometimes let's discuss is supported by daily harvest it's easy to make fruits and vegetables part of your daily routine with daily harvest delicious chef crafted foods delivered to your door and ready in minutes i'm a busy mama who admittedly doesn't always make getting my daily veggies a priority so daily harvest has taken a lot of that work off my plate Organic, nourishing, clean foods with no artificial anything, ready to go in minutes. It's really a no-brainer. Use code Let's Discuss at checkout for $40 off your first box. Like, do you, and then this isn't, okay, do you find you, like, what, what is a vulnerable, a vulnerable space for you where you're like, this is challenging, I'm either going to expose myself or not expose myself to it? Oh, I mean, even this podcast, truly, because it's like, so I'm also, uh, I'm a professor at the University of Kansas and like, Mm -hmm. I feel really confident in my subject matter. This, this semester I'm teaching, um, substance use disorders Mm -hmm. and in the summer I'm teaching, assessing, um, self-harm and suicidality. And it's like, I feel really confident in that, but then also standing up in front of people, that imposter syndrome, I talked to you about Mm -hmm. that earlier last week when I was like, Cause I, I like could not send you the outline to this because I could not accept that it was really happening that I was speaking to you, which you were so gracious about. And I'm like, hopefully he thinks I'm cute and not neurotic, maybe a little bit of both. Um, but yeah, so putting myself in these situations where I, people are listening to what I have to say totally, and can, I mean, we just had mid-semester evaluations and fortunately they were all extremely positive and one somewhat negative and gave me no feedback. Like just, mm-hmm. I just don't like you. And I'm like, that doesn't help me become better, but okay, you do you. Yeah. But yeah and it is, it's one of those things that's like, but then I had, I actually did an episode of this show on imposter syndrome the week before I, my first, my classes were on Thursday this semester. And I, it came out on Tuesday, I recorded on Monday. of like, I am freaking out, even though that I feel very confident in what I have done to prepare myself and establish myself here, but I feel like I could fall on my face or what if people just don't like me or what if people are, you know? Yeah. And, and then I left like practically skipping because I had the best experience right? It still is that space of like imposter syndrome or just giving yourself a space to be critiqued is, is difficult. And especially in the pandemic, those spaces have been fewer and further between because you're not seeing people, you're not talking to people. You're like, you can see this much of my face and like, Hey, how's it going? And that's it. So I like how you mentioned, like, as we're starting to get out of back out in the world a little more it's like there are going to be more opportunities for that and yeah that awareness needs to increase of like how am I going to deal with this <laughs> you know I will say and then I'm talking about podcast there's something powerful about exposing yourself to just Fact. the negative someone has something negative to say about you I'm sorry but yeah. they do yeah and I would say literally like doing my podcast especially drag her because we all know how vocal drag race fans are yeah. And yeah, <laughs> I also struggle with it. Right. Cause I'm like, if someone wants to hear my podcast, I'm so happy. And, uh, I do acknowledge that there are, um, you know, I, this is actually the first I'm hearing of this. There no. might be other gay no. people talking about this, never. uh, never. <laughs> but if there is, you know, I have to be like, well, I'm talking about it. I have to believe in what I'm doing. 
Yes. If someone wants to enjoy the Pepsi Cola of gay drag race podcasts, I'm here <laughs> for that. <laughs> Maybe someone's a Pepsi girl. Um, yeah. You know, I, I, I'm just like, I, I have to let myself take the space because it's like, um, someone does have something negative to say. And in a weird way, it is liberating when yes. you just confront that and you're like, yeah, someone has something negative to say. That's okay. This is life. People are gonna have negative things to say. Not everyone is here to be your cheerleader. Absolutely. Absolutely. And I think that is something that we talk about of like being granting ourselves permission to take up space. And I feel mm. like that has been very difficult for a lot of us for so long. And I, I do love that we're being so much more verbalizing. And when we talk about like, we're vocal about mental health and mm. um, expressing the things that are going on and, and being real instead of having to constantly put up a front, you know, I'm, I'm not posting on Instagram pictures of my son melting down, but if you want to talk to me about my two and a half year old acting like a teenager, I'd be happy to do that. Right. <laughs> yeah. But like we're allowed to get into that space where we're allowed to talk a little more. And I actually was really interested if I may go back to my example, Please. Moment, I was like, tell me, Oh, somewhat negative. Whereas everyone else was, so it was like extremely positive, somewhat positive, neutral, somewhat negative, extremely negative. Those were the, that was the range. And so mm -hmm. it was somewhat negative. And I was like, okay, deep breath. Okay. Mm -hmm. No one died. You have 11 other people who said so extremely positive. So, and mm -hmm. then I was like, and now I get to learn how I can be mm -hmm. a better professor. Yeah. And it was, I mean, it was literally, there was not, I can't even remember what the person said because it was literally just like, it wasn't even really negative, their comments. So I'm like, Okay, well, then that was just somebody having a bad day or just genuinely not buying what I'm selling. And that's cool. And like, yeah. if someone doesn't like your opinion on drag or, or your other shows that you do, yeah. like, right, but I'm having fun. And a lot of people right. do. And yeah, and I do agree too. It's like sometimes like getting over that imperfection, which we know like imperfection comes from shame and our mm. imperfection. And yeah. so it's like, I am not perfect. I am not mm -hmm. perfect in this show. I am not perfect anywhere. I'm like, I'm going to put it out here for everybody to see. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You know, this is interesting because this is also making me think of how like, I don't know, shame and feelings like, um, obviously I, you know, I'm a writer and, uh, but in my therapy journey and I've, I've taken to writing and I feel better, I act as well, but I just feel better as a writer. But I'm finding that connects to my wellness journey because I would love to outthink my emotions. Oh, yes. yeah. <laughs> this is what I'm, and I'm trying to feel again. But um, I've been, I grew up around very volatile, emotional people. So I started learning that emotions are bad. Or, you know what I mean? I'm like, emotions are bad. Anytime you're too emotional, everyone else has to pick up the pieces, which yeah. is why Will Smith slapping Chris Rock was triggering for me. That was bananas. That I was classic manic behavior, right? Was that was that borderline or was that <laughs> manic? I mean, let's talk. I I, so I, okay, I am, I, I just want to say we actually had to have a lot of people take continuing education credits were created because a lot of therapists were diagnosing Donald Trump with antisocial personality disorder, narcissism, uh -huh. or narcissistic personality disorder, not antisocial, sorry. Mm -hmm. uh, and so it's like, to be fair, I can't diagnose anybody because I've never met them in person and I don't, I'm not licensed in California. But what I was thinking, so Will Smith laughed at first. Yes. And I hated that. And I was like, and I have to admit, I don't fully know everything. And so she has like alopecia or something. And that's why she decided to make that hairstyle choice. Is that what I'm understanding? That's what I'm understanding. But okay. it's unclear if Chris Rock knew that or not. I don't know. And yeah. And we all know. And of course, having everyone, everything going on, like in 2016, when he was like, um, Jada Pinkett Smith is boycotting the Oscars, but that's like me boycotting <sighs> Rihanna's panties. I wasn't invited. Neither was she. Right. So like, They've got apparently at least some sort of past Oscar beef. I don't think Chris Rock knew. I, he literally said he was like, it was a G.I. Jane joke. But I, my, yeah. my take my therapist cap off my messy little girl over here. I was like, he saw, because we all know, uh -huh. we famously know that mm -hmm. they had marital problems. We know. Yes. Red table yes. tops. So we know. Yes. We so know. my thought is he laughed. It's on camera. She's going to see that he laughed. So now if he makes some big hullabaloo, it distracts. 
like yeah. from him laughing initially. And then it's like, well, look what I did. Oh, I did this to protect you. Oh, I, yeah, I chucked, but, but that was like nervous laughter. And look what else I did. I made a fool of myself for you. And then yeah, there's no threat of divorce papers later that night. That's I hated it. I hated it. It was triggering. I felt like the audience, um, yeah. I've been around a lot of manic behavior and I, when he was smiling and laughing, I was like, this is so classic. This is so classic. You're not dealing with it, uh-huh. but, and everyone else is, and, you know what I mean? Yeah. I hated that. I, it made me, it's funny. Cause my husband just is, he's like meme after meme after tip. He's just like, wants to know more. Tell me more, tell me mm-hmm. more. And I like literally this morning, one of the first things we did before our kids woke up, he's like, on it again and he's and I'm like I can't believe you're watching that again like I'm I'm like uncomfortable physically it's very uncomfortable but it's also fascinating to see who because there are people people who I enjoy who are also being like yeah that's right that's how you defend your family and I'm like no no ma'am no ma'am you know, it would have been one thing too had he not got if he'd have just sat in his seat and said, "Keep her name out of your mouth." That I uh, think would have been a different implication, and also agree. Like, Still uncomfortable, but, but like, it well, would have been better. Like violence is never the answer. I think is the old yeah cliche that we're going with, and yeah, I mean, it was truly fascinating. And I have to admit, I I actually want to go and watch. I could, I I have not been able to do it yet. Um, I, I want to watch his acceptance speech because I, oh, heard, I saw like, it. Yeah. Is he, is he manic? Is oh he my manic? God. The, the speech is even worse. And once again, it was also triggering. Cause I was like, okay, here we go. Cause he is emotionally dealing with it, but he's also uh-huh. denying it. And uh-huh. he's explaining away, uh-huh. like while it's happening, he's explaining away. And he literally uses, he's saying things like, I, I guess I got too deep in the role or he also says like, whatever, Richard or whatever guys, King Richard, whatever. He's, yeah. just, he's like, he also defended his family fiercely. Oh and God. the audience is like, oh, it is so weird. It's so weird. And yeah, to me, I was like, no, I'm not doing like, it was literally like, oh, this reminds me of my mom. I don't like this. Get mm-hmm. me out of here. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, I do. I do agree. It is fascinating it was a, it's a fascinating moment for us as uh as cultural too like just to be like where do we stand on this I think well, violence bad and I think I think it's a great ex- exercise in sitting with attention of two things can it's the sitting with attention of paradox right like two things mm-hmm. can be true like mm-hmm. it can be just a G.I. Jane joke it can be offensive because she has a medical condition it can be okay that you want to defend your loved one it can really never be okay to just walk up and slap somebody I know like yeah I'm never gonna tell someone to take a physical beating I was actually impressed that Chris Rock yeah didn't like I I don't know if I could watch somebody walk up and smack me in the face and then just be like I'm not good I don't know (laughs) he was genuinely shocked he was absolutely shocked when you're like when you're when you would you you're just like you're an offender bender you're like yeah. yeah. What just happened? Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. So, I mean, it's just one of those things where it's like, I understand Chris Rock making a joke. I understand Jada Pinkett Smith not being happy that she got her hair. I would be, I'd be, oh, what is going on? That's weird. I would be very <laughs> upset if somebody made fun of my hair. I'm sure people will have comments, but you know, like all mm-hmm. of those things can be true at once. And then also too, it's like, and also just like you slap somebody on international live television. Like, uh-uh. and I hate that though, because then, there you go. Here goes my fear of emotions again, right? Because yeah. I've seen people go with emotions first, multiple people in my family. I've been the one being like, no, think about it for a second. Uh-huh, uh-huh. So there, there goes back to my, like, can we outthink this? Um, yeah. We I, we can, but I, I, I really, it really, I really hate people behave just acting 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 on it yeah. so but you know I'm learning that I'm learning that I need to um I need to feel a little bit more because I have totally numbed or just shut stuff yeah. down because I'm positive I can out logic my yes. emotions 
Well, it's so interesting. I don't want to be like too psychotherapy. Please, no. Moment. I want it. This is free. <laughs> we, talk, we talk about like, I couldn't agree more with what you just said. And like sitting with emotion is so hard for us because we are taught from a very young age that you're just, you shouldn't feel that way. You should get over it. You shouldn't get your feelings hurt so much. Mm-hmm. Um, don't put your emotions and make somebody else have to do work on your behalf. Don't take up space. Mm-hmm. All of that we're taught. And I liked also what you were talking about though, is like taking a second and thinking, like we talk about the wise mind that is made of the rational mind and the emotional mind, right? Mm-hmm. So you're looking for that sweet spot in the middle somewhere. Like everything mm-hmm. can't be... 100% predicated on emotion, nor should it be 100% on your, on your thinking on like, oh, is that rational? You called it the wise mind and the, yes. what, and the witch. So mind. the rational mind, the and rational the mind. Okay. Got the it. Wise mind. Oh, right? okay. I love this. Okay. Yeah. And so, sorry, I feel like I'm teaching psychoeducation right now. I'm so sorry. I mean, <laughs> I'm, I, I want the free lesson. This is great. Absolutely. <laughs> but so that's exactly what I love what you're saying though, of like, if we could take a moment, which is why I go back to with the Will Smith thing, I'm like, well, he had some sort of secondary gain here. It was mm-hmm. not, I do not, again, don't know him, can't diagnose him, not licensed in California, whatever. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but like, I'm literally sitting there and I'm like, he has a secondary gain here. There's some sort of ulterior motive behind this. And I think it's because he laughed because, you know, I, I didn't have to admit, I didn't get the joke because I haven't seen G.I. Jane. And I was like, oh, was Jada Pinkett Smith in G.I. Jane? And mm-hmm. they're going to like reprise it and make a second one. Oh, it's a bald joke. Oh, OK. Like if you have to explain mm-hmm. it, it's really funny no more. But like, mm-hmm. right. And so but that's where I was. I was just like, there's something else going on here where he's mm-hmm. going to get something else out of this. Like he's already nominated for an Academy Award. He's already got more money than God. He's, you know, it's that this is not like some C-list actor trying to get their 15 minutes. Mm-hmm. There's some sort of familial something going on here where, or he just really hates Chris Rock. <laughs> you know what I think? So I was also like, I mean, yeah, I was also like, cause I've been, like I said, manic people and people with borderline personality disorder. So I yes. think, you know, and I don't know, I've been around these these types who, um, when they're his, I think he, I think he, he, he had a lot of emotion. Uh-huh. He was like, I'm going to win tonight. I'm going to win tonight. Yeah. So I think he was like bubbling. He was boiling. Uh-huh. Sure. Like, so all the emotion was bubbling. It was at the surface. It was at the surface and the wrong thing uh-huh. triggered him. Right. So, cause he was anticipating using that energy in a good, in a good avenue, or he just had, he didn't know what to do with that emotion. And unfortunately, which happens, I've seen with some people who have manic behavior, it it manifested in the wrong way. It manifested in a way he did not anticipate, but he followed it because it took over and he was like, go. Yes. emotion feel, like like release that tension yes. literally probably chemicals getting released and alleviated yeah. once he did that um I, that's what I think happened yeah. and only afterward was he like oh I, w- yeah. I went into a, a blackout I had no like idea full-on reptile brain full yes. on yes and I couldn't agree more honestly I yeah I see that for sure um yeah having like a a moment of like manip not not manipulation but a moment of like how am I going to like chess moves here? Instead, I agree with what you're saying of more like, I'm up here, I'm up here, I'm up here, I'm up yeah. here. Oh crap, that was not supposed to be triggered that way. I see what you're saying. Yeah. Uh, it's, and it really does suck because before that, I would have been so happy to watch him win that damn award. I was like, yeah. great. Will, your career has been so long. Con fucking grats. Yes. But instead, I was like, Ugh, we're watching an assaulter yeah. be punished with what? An Oscar. An I was like, Oscar. this is so weird. Yeah, I was the same way because we really love that. I apologize, whatever the National Geographic show that he's on is beautiful. The, the photography on that is insane. Yeah. Of course, everyone grew up with the Fresh Prince of Bel-Air. We would watch that. Mm-hmm. And, same. Um, and you're right though, because then I went, I had to look, I Googled and I was like, "Did he, oh, he won. And I yeah. had the emotion really, I was like, honestly, they should have taken it away. But like, that's crazy. I don't know how it works, but I was like. Uh, yeah, I don't know what to do. And Chris Rock's not pressing charges, just fun update. Okay. Chris Rock's not pressing charges. Yeah. Cool. I don't know how to feel. Obviously, it also becomes a really complicated conversation of, you know, uh, how people 
Well, you know, we, no one wants to be, uh, no one wants to tell people in the BIPOC community how to process trauma, Correct. but it's still assault. <laughs> but it is still assault. That's, a, that's yes. at the end of the day on camera from multiple yes. angles in front of God and his nation. <laughs> yes. Yes. <laughs> like, Wild. oh man. Oh, wow. Yes. Yeah. Isn't so, it? I'm sure you find it interesting though. Like it's helping it's it's it, this moment is only is just helping everyone talk about their feelings right it's like yes this is so interesting that it is now it has triggered emotions in eight different directions for every single person that's so true and that's why it's like it feels sort of silly sometimes to talk about pop culture but it's not it's such a good reference of like you mentioned being triggered by watching it because you grew up with family members who either were showing those manic displays or mm -hmm. had those attention seeking behaviors or were mm -hmm. physically assaulted and those are the things when you're just like i'm just sitting here relaxing on a sunday or i don't know if you like did an oscar party or something some people do parties it was pretty chill for me yeah, yeah chill right but like you're just sitting you're just relaxing having mm -hmm. some popcorn and all of a sudden you're like childhood Oh my God. hundred percent. hundred percent. And what do you say? Cause okay. If you had a patient or just, you know, a person, I don't know if you have patients, do you have patients technically? I call them clients. Yes. Clients. Okay. <laughs> Hypothetically, if you had a client and if a client told you, oh, you know, my husband, someone says something weird about me and my husband hit him and I felt so protected. Uh -huh. What would you say to them? Oh, well, I am always about solution focused, right? So I would ask them what their, so what is your goal in terms of your relationship with your, with your husband and then talking more about, and so then what is the need there to feel physically protected from somebody's words? And, mm, and of course, mm -hmm. too, I do not have any clients who are married to anybody close to being famous enough to be Will Smith. I see. Or who would be assaulting somebody as famous as Chris Rock, who, I mean, if we're being honest, like from many perspectives, if Chris Rock were to press charges, think about the backlash he would get about being like, exactly, take, take your hit and shut up kind of a, a mood. So like, which it, is great right. abuse of uh, the abuser loves that toxic masculinity. Yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> right. And so, yes. so I would, I would have that conversation of like, what is it that you feel like you need in this relationship in order for somebody for you to feel protected and is, if it is somebody kicking somebody else's ass or is it like have so obviously it would be very different for each person and i would love to hear what jada pinkett smith thinks like she yeah, looked she, pumped she, she looked did pumped. she looked plucked and then she was like oh that's my man and i'm like okay and also, Ugh, i hated it what is going on i'm so and sorry. no it's okay and i want to add to the conversation his son tweeted, Jaden um, tweeted, that's how we do it. Okay, and see, I was curious. I hated I was that. curious. I hated I, it. I just, it's so fascinating to me to think, I've, I've been reflecting on, actually, I'm glad that you told me that because I was curious about what Willow and Jaden said. Um, mm -hmm. So, because this I- That's how just, we do it. So that's then his father, he's now getting reinforced. Yep. Yep, my father assaulted someone and that's cool as hell. That's yeah. how we do. That's toxically masculine. Absolutely it's correct. Teaching abusive behavior. It's yes. And I just so wonder weird. how we would all respond had he not gotten up and physically put his hands on Chris Rock if he'd have just said, keep my wife's name out of your mouth. Yeah. How would we all be responding right now? Because I think in that situation, it's like, I'm, I'm setting a boundary. I'm doing it aggressively because I'm sitting 50 meters away from you. So I have to scream mm -hmm. it at you. And also he's dropping some F-bombs, but also, like I said, people bring all the letters in my, in my room. Like it's very mm -hmm. safe, but like that would have been such a different consideration. Of course we can, could have, would have, should all day. Mm -hmm. The difference between though, when you cross that line into the physicality of it and yeah. like, I yeah. put my hands on somebody because that's how I felt like I needed to protect. Because if he screamed out loud, I would have been like, okay, he's having an episode. He's a little unwell. Uh -huh. But I would have been like, that's bad behavior. He's he's wild, attention seeking, as you were saying. I and I could have moved on, but now now it's now it's sticking. It's a sticking point. I don't like it. 
yeah, it's, it's it was very tough, very tough to watch. And like I said, I couldn't imagine that Chris Rock was going to press charges. And to what end anyway? Like, mm-hmm. I don't know what in California, what the, the law is for slapping somebody across the face. But right. Uh, so what, Will Smith's going to spend 24 hours in jail or you have to pay a fine? I don't know. So Right. But again, and for what it it's is- worth, I'm just going to add, Willow and Willow has, uh, is radio silent on the socials, uh-huh. Uh-huh. you know? And I'm not going to speak for Willow, but sometimes silence is loud. <laughs> and you're like- I think so. I don't want to touch this. Yeah. And I really, I mean, that's such a position. And again, I agree with you in that reptile brain piece of like, he just- went into another world so it's not like he was sitting there thinking about like oh the implications that my children might have to deal with the ramifications of me getting up and bitch slapping chris rock today's episode of let's discuss with meg duke is supported by Mominda. my fellow pumping and chest feeding parents out there know priority one is support and function when it comes to nursing bras actually it's really priorities one through seven but in that eighth spot tough to find in my many years journey has been something exceedingly comfortable and stylish, and Mominda has fulfilled all those requirements. Specially designed clips and straps are so helpful for easy access to future little ones. Experts recommend nursing bras that are designed to support that extra weight and increase size of your breasts as milk start to build in them. And these beautiful fabrics and colors, honestly, they put a little extra bounce in my step when I put them on each morning. Check them out at Mominda underscore bras on Instagram us.mominda.cc for my listeners in the States and shop.mominda.cc for my international listeners. Be sure to use code let's discuss for discounts on all your purchases. Yeah. But then so now here's, you about it. I have a big question for you because this is what I'm dealing with. So selfishly, I want free advice. Yes, go for um, it. I am, you know, obviously my, let's, that's whatever. It's no, it's no secret. My mom is too much. And uh-huh. my mom very much has classic borderline uh, 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 personality traits. She's very hot and cold, uh-huh. very self-centered. And I am now dealing with like, what is the cost of me expressing myself and taking space mm-hmm. in this relationship? Because mm-hmm. I've learned to diminish myself because anytime I take space, it creates a cataclysm. It -hmm. creates a new set of problems for me. It creates chaos, emotion, all this stuff. So I've learned to just be like, just don't say anything. Yeah. And I'm having a hard time figuring out the line between taking space as me and if not expressing myself is a form of being good to myself. I couldn't agree more that it could be a form of that, right? It's like, what is your goal in your relationship with your mom? So if your goal is to become best friends with her and be able to tell her all of your deepest and darkest secrets, then of course not taking up space is not going to accomplish that for you. But if mm-hmm. your goal is to be able to, she still lives in North Carolina. Mm-hmm. If your goal is to be able to pop by once in the summer every year for a week and say hi or whatever it might mm-hmm. be. Sometimes it's difficult because we feel this external pressure to be best friends with our blood family. Mm-hmm. And, and it's like, to what end though? And like, what is the goal there? So I agree with like, not to not be yourself because that would never be something that I would encourage, but also setting that boundary of like, I know that I can only speak on these topics to these ideals about these things to these certain people is not necessarily a bad thing again depending on what your specific goal is with whatever family member or loved one it is yeah yeah it's interesting it's tough I do honestly feel like my mom can't learn so 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 that's like one thing that's preventing me from being like let's let's get to a new plateau together I'm like you can't learn like so I'm, I'm still negotiating that. I'm, yeah. Well, and she's not, not that it's any of my business, but like, it'd be interesting if she like is getting her own services and help somewhere and being able to figure out things that are. No, 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 no. That's a very hard pass. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, 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 no. <laughs> yeah. So absolutely. And I, I think it is tough because we all have this Norman Rockwell idea of what a family is supposed to be. And we're, we're spoon fed that from a very young age. And mm-hmm. even though we're now in a space where we can verbalize and accept that the families are the ones that we create or that not, you know, we don't have to share all of our, every part of ourselves with everybody. 
Mm-hmm. Um, and also it's tough when that is, if that's something that you want, then it's figuring out and it's, it's yeah. a calculated game and then you're not being your authentic self. Yeah, I got, I'm going to figure this out. I don't know. Yeah, it is like, be, obviously boundaries are, are just one way to do it. And now yeah. I need to figure out how to, um, yeah, how to define those boundaries or, or also it's like reinforcing those boundaries too, right? Because I feel like, yeah, she doesn't love to remember our boundary. It's kind of like we have the conversation and sometimes it's like, you know, you know, parents, they'd be like that, yes. it's gone. Huh? It's gone. Yeah. I think it's very helpful when we frame boundaries too as, the distance at which I can love you and me at the same time versus mm. I need you to do this because you suck. It's <laughs> I would like for you to do this because I would like to spend more time with you. And for yeah. me to be able to be more involved in your life, I need these things. And it, yeah. no one likes boundaries. They're hard to set. They're hard to maintain. And certainly yeah. nobody, nobody, even without borderline personality traits, wants to hear, I don't like this about you. Certainly. Yeah. So they all suck and we all uh, we all own that about boundaries. It's just framing it in a way of like, I would like to be more involved with you. I would mm-hmm. like to be a part of your life. I would like you to be a part of my life. And in order for me to feel comfortable doing that, I need these things to happen versus here's why I think you suck. <laughs> yeah. Here's why you're such an asshole. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Okay, great. Yeah, this is good. I'll, I'll, I'll chew on this. Yeah, hopefully your mom, I assume she doesn't listen to this podcast. So. <laughs> no, not likely. And if she does, you know what? Let's have a conversation now. Hey! She doesn't listen to podcasts. <laughs> we'll bring her on. I know, it's so funny. My mom's right? like, yes, I'm going to listen to your podcast. I don't like podcasts, but I'm going to listen to yours. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, I'm sorry, mom. My mouth, I have the mouth of a sailor. <laughs> yeah. No, I, yeah, I've literally I was in New York with a couple of girlfriends last week and I said fuck like every fifth word and I was like my son's starting to repeat things I gotta maybe think about saying that you know what though I gotta say language is fun I don't believe in censoring I don't believe it I don't like I, it I agree and I also don't want him to get, like get sent home from daycare that's the tough care. part that's yeah. the tough part yeah, I do That's very much agree. Part. I am, I am sex positive. I am anti kink shaming. I am anti you know? uh, censorship. All of that. I have these conversations with people all the time as clients. But like, that is one thing where I'm like, I don't want my kid getting get kind of daycare, and then I have to cancel the rest of my day. <laughs> totally, totally. And I have to say, you know, my mom had the mouth of a sailor, and here's a pro. I literally think I learned from her like uh, a joy of language. Yeah. Um, and I literally like, I like. <laughs> cuss words are so fun and like yes there's power there's a physical emotional power behind yeah, i mean right they, they make us laugh <laughs> they they make us look at truths in a new way you know yeah. when you create a new twist on a bold on the vulgarity yeah. it's fascinating and I, I i genuinely think like this sort of like fascinating fascination with language came from her and kind of led to my creativity writing journey yeah yeah. Well, again, we talk about how that trauma informs like creativity and comedy and um, mm-hmm. like a defense mechanism of being able to be quick and quippy and mm-hmm. um, yeah, all of that for sure. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. It's a good time. Okay. Wait, I don't want to be more vulgar, but I, I, I have to, I no, this is too vulgar. I'm, no, I'm gonna, oh my gosh. Hey. Okay. Okay. Yeah. I'm going to say this, but just, just so we know how fun language can be. Yeah. I was on the phone with my mom and she was talking about a woman she did not care for very much. Yes. And she referred to her as a, quote, fucked out whore. And I was, <laughs> I've never, I was like, mom, I've never heard that. I was like, yeah, you know, she's fucked out. I've like, never heard that, that verbiage or that like. Me neither. As a Me neither. <laughs> Me neither. And I was like, mom, that's fun. That's fun language. Like. But we're bonding. Obviously. Yeah. We're bonding. You're a lot. You're a lot. But I'm finding joy in this in this exchange for sure. Oh my gosh, that's hysterical. I'm gonna have to start using that now. She's fucked out. (laughs) And please say he's fucked out too, everyone. Please let let's not just uh, 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 shame women. Let's shame men. Men can be shamed just as much. He should. Absolutely. Mm. That's absolutely Uh. right. Um, so I wanted to talk about one thing that I, you've mentioned it a number of times in a number of your shows. Yes. And I love how organically it comes up. And I don't, 
I don't feel like I'm going to have another client, uh, uh, not client, another guest on in a while who will, who, yeah. I want to make sure I don't miss it. So you have talked about how, like looking at magazines and porn and like yeah. divorcing yourself from those expectations. And like you used the, the expression was like deprogramming your brain from like body yeah. porn. And yeah. I would just love for you to share that with my set of listeners, because I listened to it and literally that the first time you started talking about that, I was like, I need him on my podcast. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's a tough thing. You know, I think, um, you know, being gay and looking at gay porn and even just like growing up with Abercrombie and Fitch, which I also, I talk about all the time. Yeah. I, I, it's a weird thing where, and I think this could be true for a lot of queer people. There's a weird thing that happens when arousal triggers shame too, uh-huh. right? Yeah. Cause my porn is my trigger. Sure. And what I mean by that is I see something very arousing and then I also have to say, I'm a man. I'm looking at another man arousing me. Why am I not that? <laughs> you know, like, yeah. or like, I understand, I, you know, since my brain reacted to it, I understand that someone else would react to me the same way if I looked like that. Mm-hmm. Um, which is, you know, why it, you see a lot of gay men who are image obsessed. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's why all those stereotypes, you know, they, there's, a, there's truth in those stereotypes of gay men have to look a certain way, have mm-hmm. to work on their body, have to be cut up to hell. Yeah. Um, so it's really triggering because I did lose a lot of weight and I did get more attention as you, I lost more weight. Mm-hmm. And I think it, cre- it definitely created a very weird positive a feedback feed- loop, yeah that's it that's the word <laughs> feedback loop where i was like well the more i lose the more attention you get and the Whoa. better you are mm-hmm. so but you know bodies are unique and i'm learning you know my body everybody's unique everybody is cartoonishly unique i mean bodies put snowflakes to shame um oh, in their uniqueness yeah i actually I used that. to say it i used to say it about penises which is also true um they also put that. the snowflake to shame uh it's like they're so different and um i am on my journey of you know um celebrating what i got and accepting that my body might not look like this one body type mm-hmm. which is you know the the muscly and thin perfectly every kind of curve adonis that the queer community idolizes yes yeah it's hard it's that has to be so difficult because that's that is really what we what we were fed again the abercrombie of it all right yeah and then even so far as being selective in in the porn that you watch or the magazines that you choose to read and it's like i just i'm so i was so fascinated i was like we don't talk about this enough yeah bring awareness to that and like what subtle messages that we're allowed i mean i guess there's really nothing subtle about porn but like the messaging behind (laughs) right like the messaging behind that that's coming right but instagram is insidious right instagram serves it to us and we're many of us are on instagram so you're like well uh uh-oh this is this is giving me a feeling Uh uh-huh do you get triggered at all when you see a thoughty beautiful woman expressing herself or are you able to be like that's her journey um so i for myself in terms of like the body so i have i've had given birth to two kids i've had two c-sections i have like this mm-hmm. very prominent lines so like in a bathing suit you can see my c-section line because i don't have a perfectly flat stomach and so like mm-hmm. i have I a scar can, too right right right, right? Yes. and so it's like and i am able to I try to be more self-aware with my mindfulness practices and like my self-talk journey and mm-hmm. being able to say like, yes, but you Ziploc baggied out two beautiful children who are healthy. And isn't that wonderful? <laughs> and- <laughs> Ziploc. That's funny. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> right. And so then I also, in terms of like the judgment piece, I'm, I, I really am these days just trying to get so far on the other side of like, love that journey for you. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Mary Alexis Rose of it all. Like, well, that's not how I choose to spend my time, but hey, especially yeah. if I'm like, you're making money on that. Good for you, friend. You've never had to work a day in your life and you look like that and you're doing all that. Okay. Yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm having little wins too on that. And I'm, uh, like I said, I exposed, I felt like I exposed myself when I went to go hang out with a, 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 a party with a lot of white gay hotties. Yeah. And I just 
actually believing it. I, I think before I used to like say it because I knew it should be true. Yes. Yeah, but now yes. I'm like, that's their journey, man. They're, yes. you know, let them let them have their journey. You yes. have your journey and celebrating truly truly celebrating like you got your own fun you got so yeah. many cool fun things going for you why don't you celebrate those and just yeah. accept that we're not all xeroxes of one another that well and i do think that there's something very beautiful in that and i hate to be an encyclopedia of your show but i remember you had Please. a conversation with joseph about monique hart's comments about like you, yes. are, you are i think joseph had asked you like but do you really believe that she believes that and it's like yeah like yeah i do believe that monique hart believes that but do i yeah. believe the more neurotic queen might say that because she feels like that's what she's supposed to say for her right. story or for this you know the editor the you know um on on the episode all right and it's like yeah i don't i think there's something to be said for fake it till you make it right like if yeah. you if you start telling yourself like love that journey for her that's mm -hmm. not for me mm -hmm even though maybe you don't believe it in that moment, like getting yourself to that space of, of so because we're always just trying to get to that next place of being better and really believing it. So it's tough though. I mean, it continues to be tough. We continue to see air, air uh, photoshopped and everything being airbrushed. And, mm -hmm. and you know, I'd be worried about that for the next generation as well as technology continues to improve. And, mm -hmm. but yeah, I just remember, I remember that part of your conversation and I was like, I think, I think Monique Hart really did mean that. Yeah. 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 I think so. And I think that's such a gift. Some people genuinely seem to have more, they get, they can access that self-love more easily. And I uh -huh. really, really admire that. And here, oh, here we go. We're connecting dots again. Okay. I found out why I had a hard, I'm so cynical and uh -huh. I had a hard time accessing that is because I felt some, some part of me felt like it's delusional to like kind of blindly love yourself and okay. i and that's not i don't know if that's true but that's how i felt mm -hmm. and i was like but wait so i was like it almost felt like it almost feels more grounded or honest mm -hmm. to have self-doubt yeah and some part of me in my quest for being grounded and avoiding over emotionality yes i was like this is truthful truth is good stick to truth like I'm, yeah. I'm afraid of getting lost in a fantasy yeah absolutely i mean i that is an interesting thing to think about like the delusional space of being like oh, i love everything about me it's kind of the difference between like shame and guilt though right so we talk about like shame is i am bad i'm a bad person guilt is ooh, not going to do that again, right? Like right. we don't really walk through life being like, everything I do is perfect and I make no wrong choices and I'm not making changes for anybody ever. Mm -hmm. That's, that's, is delusional. That is a bad space. Like we mm -hmm. want to have that self-awareness component of being like, okay, going to make some changes, but then also like loving yourself to the core of your humanity mm -hmm. of like, me as a person versus me with 20 extra pounds or 20 less pounds yes. or whatever else it might be yeah 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 and the yeah though they aren't they aren't as exclusive as i once thought they were you know i treated them as exclusive but they're not they're not again it's sitting with that tension of paradox right like yes mm -hmm. and two things can be true many things can be true at once and that's you know, it's actually a strong component of dbt of um with people with borderline personalities where you use uh, dialectical behavior therapy a lot where it's like A and B all exist at the same time. They don't become yeah. C, they, they both exist separately yeah. together. So um, yeah, that's, it's, it's, yeah. Tough. it's a journey. It continues. It to is such a damn journey. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Yes. My gosh. Yeah. Mono, here's the thing. I could talk to you for another hour. And when yes. you do so, I know you're a busy human, so I don't want to be rude and take up any more of your time, but I do want to thank uh, you. What a treat. We got to hit the pop culture highs too. We got to talk about Will Smith. Oh, actually, fun. thank you for letting me process that because I still, so I will actually, I'm, I specifically did this because this episode is dropping tomorrow. So this is a very- <gasps> Yes. Fresh, oh, this yeah. will be so fresh. <laughs> so fresh. But like, so we're recording this Monday. It happened on Sunday and y'all are going to hear about it on Tuesday. Because um, sometimes I'll record podcasts and I'm like, oh, it's not for like another month and a half. <laughs> uh-huh. This uh -huh. one I'm like, oh, it's mono. He's going, he's going on Tuesday. Yeah. Oh, um, that's fantastic. I'm I love so it. Excited. You helped me to be able to process that. Because like I said, my husband woke up this morning and immediately was like, 
what else happened? What what else happened on LA time? Like so, right? Oh my gosh, crazy! So, Mono, where can everybody find you? Yeah, you know, you can just find me at my name at Mono Agapian. Um, listen to all my podcasts. You know, drag her if you love drag. We love trash if you like trashy movies and trashy TV shows. And podcast killed the video star if you're obsessed with music videos yes. spanning the TRL era to now. Yes, amazing. Well, again, thank you. What a treat, what a dream. Your name is literally on, I'm gonna show you, on a post-it note. Also, somebody you know, Rachel Bloom is on my list. Oh! Of people who I want to manifested? I, I haven't yet, uh, but she's on my list too. So you're literally, I'm like looking at your name right now and I'm be like, yes. Yep. So yes. Uh, thank you so much for your time. Thanks. It was a treat. Thank you for the, thank you for the free therapy tidbits. <laughs> happy to, happy to. And for everybody out there, remember, be curious, not judgmental, make it a good one. Thanks so much for joining me for this episode of Let's Discuss with Meg Duke. I'd love for you to write a review of my podcast on your app. And don't forget to subscribe so you get a notification when new content is posted. Take a moment to leave a rating too. You can follow me at Therapy by Meg on Instagram and find Meg Duke LCSW on Facebook. You can also look for Let's Discuss content by searching the hashtag Let's Discuss with Meg. Let's Discuss with Meg Duke is executive produced by David Presley and produced by Meg Duke. Our theme song was written and performed by Antoine McDuffie.